0: Listen, last night's episode was great in the sense that I was entertained throughout the entire thing. That being said, it ain't no Lars episode. There's just there's just no comparison.
1: You well, the issue now is that you're holding a the Lars episode in comparison to every other. So no, no nothing else is going to live up to your expectations. And then B, the the season started off so goddamn strong and you were like, this is the best season we've ever had. It's going to be this good throughout the entire thing. And now it's like I'm not. Like, I'm not complaining. I'm not saying it's dropping off. I'm just saying that like it's hard for it to meet when you set your expectations so high already. Of
0: course, but I'm not disappointed. I'm really not. Listen, could we have dreamed of like Tristan, Larsa, all that stuff in one? There's just no way. You yeah. know what I mean? Like we got exceptionally lucky, and uh, I don't know. We had a great time last night when Rain was praying. Let me tell you something. We no, reminded I don't that motherfucker times. Whew, okay. I cannot wait to get to that part. I know. As always, you guys, we go scene by scene. So let's start scene one. We're at Scott's house. It's Scott, Chris, and Chloe, which I think it was last episode we were saying. There's no dynamic like the one between Scott and Chloe. That being said, you add in Chris. Oh my God, it's magic. 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 I think that Chris also has the most fun when it's the three of them. Yeah, I feel like it really lets her like let loose. Like that's her let loose crew. It's so true. So Scott and Chloe call Kylie just to fuck with her about going to a circle jerk, which I don't know where this came from.
1: Like the, I don't know where the where the idea of it. It must have been a previous conversation where they were like, where they were like talking about like, do you know what a circle jerk is? Like, what about circle jerk? And then they were like, let's
0: call Kylie and see if she wants to come. For any of our listeners that may not know what that is, basically it is when men sit around in a circle and either jerk themselves off or jerk each other off. Yeah. <laughs> It's a I very love. common thing. Yeah, it is actually. The more and more we've uh, been learning about it, it's actually far more common than we thought. Somebody tweeted at the um, like during
1: the time of the Met Gala and was like, "If the Met Gala camp theme was accurate, it would just be a bunch of boys singing in a circle
0: jerking off." I guess that's the thing. I really have no idea. Anyway, so Chris has no idea what it is. They're kind of explaining it to her. Kylie is just, like, fucking around with them, and they call Kendall to kind of, like, fuck with her, too. And Kendall's so confused, and then she's like, wait, what circle jerk before I come home and wipe off all my makeup? And I said to Julie, I was like, I have never related to something more. Like, at at first, she was like, oh, it's so ridiculous. And then she's like, wait, but if we're actually going, like, I'm not going to take off my makeup. (laughs)
1: And then, and then they're like, still to Chloe's like, Chloe's like, it's 3 p.m. at the community
0: center. And Kendall goes, what? I'm not coming to Hidden Hills for a 3 p.m. circle jerk. <laughs> so someone messaged us and was like, I am putting that on my grave. That is, To me, that was my favorite line of the episode. And the fact that my favorite line of the episode, number one happened in scene one and number two went to Kendall. Yeah. I mean, that's probably the funniest thing Kendall's ever said. Ever. I think she's secretly funny. I think she's much funnier than we give her credit for because we don't see we it. We just don't see it as much. That's, she's funny. That's probably That was you. funny. Oh, I I fucking died. I I lost it. And Chris being there. And then she's like, well, is mom going to be there? And Chloe's like, would it make me more comfortable if she wasn't? And she's like, yeah. It it was just hilarious, the whole dynamic. I want art that's like Ashley Longshore art. That's like, I'm not coming to Hidden Hills for a 3 p.m.
1: circle trip. Yes. I was trying to figure out what I wanted on. I was like, no, a shirt's too cliche. I'm not going to wear
0: a hat with it. But I want it to be something that's like beautiful. That's very funny. So the next scene, we're at Courtney's house. And it's Courtney, Scott, and Kim. And Kim is saying that ever since they went to Costa Rica, that North has not stopped talking about it. And she keeps saying, like, Mom, when I'm big, I'm moving to Costa Rica. It's like when Ruby Lou goes to the Hamptons. Yes. What a comparison. I hope people—do you think that people are going to get it? Yeah, I do. It's an Ariel Charnas reference. Um, And I guess the last time they went, Connie didn't go. So North really wants Connie to go, and it's North's birthday, so Kim's, like, thinking about taking them. And Kim's kind of—one of the big storylines is her balance between— Work life and mom life. And this is where it really all starts. And she's saying, you know, she's having a very hard time kind of balancing the two. And when she's talking to Courtney and Scott about it and, like, the idea of, oh, do you guys want to come? She says to Scott, she's like, oh, is this going to be bad memories, Costa Rica? Remember last time I threw a drink on you? And Scott was like, no, my life has totally changed. Which I thought was great. I thought the line was so acted. It was—to me, that line wasn't
1: like somebody said to her, like, bring up the Costa Rica thing. It was like she was like, I'm going to bring up the Costa Rica thing and, like, practice it
0: in her head to the point where it sounded rehearsed when it came out of her mouth. Possibly. And then, of course, we see a flashback to when they were in Costa Rica, which for anybody that doesn't remember or didn't watch last night, that was when Scott br- flew out another girl on the family trip. And they're at the dinner table, and they find out. And Chloe's like, if you want to get your dick wet so badly, get your fucking dick wet. And <laughs> she throws a glass in That's his- iconic. No. I forgot how— how kind of, like, unbelievable that was until we saw
1: it in action. I always forget about the in-between time of Scott because, in my mind, it's so separated to, like, when he was with Courtney and he was kind of a mess to, like, now, I always forget about the time when he was a mess and also wasn't with Courtney. Yeah, so there was no responsibility for
0: his actions, really. It's so, so, so true. I mean, I, you know, it's it's almost weird for me when I see Scott in that light because of how far he's grown. There is no one
1: who, even before I saw this like massive change in him, like I always gave him the benefit of the doubt. It's true, we both did. I I always like knew that because I always
0: knew that deep down he was capable of it. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. He was. So the next scene, we are at lunch with Chris and MJ. Julie writes, "MJ looks literally so fab. I love those glasses. Didn't, she didn't you? She looks she she looks She's great. so chic and gorgeous. Me and Julie, her. every time she comes on the screen, we get so excited, and then we have this very sad moment of like, oh, like stop." No, stop. I'm just saying We every single time we watch Kardashians, we say to each other at one point, like, oh, when she passes away, it is going to be so unbelievably upsetting. Of course, we hope she lives for as long as possible, but it's hard when people get older and you feel this connection. I can only imagine how they feel because we feel it and we don't even know her, you know? Because she reminds me of my little Nana. Anyway, so they're sitting at the table and Chris is showing MJ the Vogue Arabia cover that her and Kylie did. And... They're talking about it being June and how, like, the year goes by so fast. And Chris is saying that June is a really hard month for her because it reminds her of the anniversary of Nicole's death. And, you know, she's kind of explaining who Nicole Brown Simpson was in in her interview. And she says in her confessional, quote, they asked—or no. No, no, no. She's saying to MJ, she's like, they
1: asked— she, she's like they asked Faye Resnick and I if they wanted to, if we wanted to do a interview out Nicole and OJ for the 25th anniversary and she was kind of saying to MJ that they both said yes at first and then they both, Kind of realized on their own that they were only saying yes because they wanted to support the other because they thought the other one, like Chris was only saying yes because she thought Faye wanted to do it and she wanted to support her. And Faye was only saying yes because she thought Chris wanted to do it and she wanted to support her. And once they realized that, they were like, why do we, why are we doing this? Like, we don't, neither of us have any interest in it. And Chris was kind of saying, like, the side of Nicole that we would want to talk about is not the side that the media is interested in. She's like, everyone has these stories and have these things that they're wondering and all of these things. And she's like, if I was doing an interview about Nicole, it wouldn't be about this, like, dark side of what happened. It would be about Nicole's life and, like, the memories we shared and, like, the person that she was. And she's like, she's like, that's not what they're looking for. And I'm not going to, like, continue on this
0: narrative of, of like, uh, ignoring that side of her. Totally. But I, when she was saying they, I don't know who they was. So I don't know who wanted to do the interview. I don't know yeah, what don't publication know. it was for. She never said. Um, But she said, she's like, yeah, the last thing we want to do is keep talking about that side of it again. What the public wants is not the same memory as what we want to talk about. And I guess they were just having this, like, moment of reconi- realizing that it's so sad that that is how she's being remembered because that is so not the person that they want to remember. Right. Okay. I guess, actually, as as I'm going through this, a lot of stuff did happen in this episode. No, no one said it was lacked stuff. It, it was, just lacked Larsa. It, yeah. Exactly. So the next scene is our introduction to Kim and Kimono, which obviously was the former name of her shapewear line, which is now Skims. So she's... In her kitchen, and she's in a meeting with the whole team, and they're going over everything and all of the details. And Kim is saying in her confessional that it's this shapewear has been 10 years in the making, which I always love finding out those little facts. Yeah.
1: Also, a huge piece of this episode obviously, we now know in retrospect that Kimono's name was could not be used. But what was unbelievable seeing this episode was how many people this name got passed. They're sitting in. It's Kim's kitchen, a table of 10 different people all talking. And now one person has any like second thought. It's so interesting.
0: Yeah. I mean, we're going to really get into that next episode because next episode is when we see the mayor of Kyoto calling her and asking her to change it and that whole stuff. But even just here, even even if it never got nobody, she never got shit for it and it got past, I would still be sitting here thinking like, how is this Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Was your original when you when you heard the name initially?
1: I immediately. Knew you it, immediately. Immediately, because I. It's, yeah, I think I did. I can't remember now. You but did. I think I, I was like. I
0: think I was like. That's dicey. There was just no way. But how to get past so many, Julie? I will never understand. It's kind of like in her Instagram this week. Um, she was saying Chicago was having a hard time, con- like, concentrating because of Kanye and the dino costume, and they Photoshopped her in, which I think that Kim, like, acknowledged that, but the Photoshop job was so terrible. The Photoshop
1: job was so terrible that no one even noticed how indented the wall was by Kim's arm. Yeah. Everyone was so focused on, like, how terribly put in Chicago was. But she said in the caption, she was like, Chicago was so scared of Kanye that we had to Photoshop her in, like, this is the best we could do.
0: Yeah. But it, it was just it was one of those things, like, how did that get approved? And I I still, you're so right. Seeing the amount of people in that room, that was my first thought. Anyway, so, you know, they're talking about it and she's just trying to get everything done before she goes to Costa Rica. And she had this idea of doing a very funny kind of like infomercial vibe that they can launch through social media because Kim's first job ever, which I didn't know until she said it last night, was that um, being her, it was her, she was, Chris's stylist for Chris's infomercials. That was her first ever job. Yep. Did you know that? No, I didn't. I had no idea. It makes so much sense, though, that Chris did those infomercials. I always assume Kim came out of the womb and then became
1: Paris's closet organizer. Yeah. Like, I never—it's like Kim is born, and then all of a sudden she's a closet organizer in my timeline of,
0: of Kim's yeah, life. Yeah, well, little did we know she was also a stylist for Chris's infomercials. I can't say I'm surprised, kid. <laughs> so, okay, the next scene, they're also at Kim's house. They're in the gym, and it's Kim, Kendall, and Chris— and Chris is kind of—they're talking about basketball—and Chris is asking who won, and Kendall saying Golden State, and that they're going to the next round. I think Julie writes too lazy to fact check. Assume this was about Ben Simmons, and let's call it a day. Yeah, that's what—that was what the deal was. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I have no recollection of whether or not it
1: was like Golden State that beat the 76ers. but—but
0: but think, think about we can it. all assume they. This at least we know parts of this episode were filmed in June, which would make sense because when did Ben and Kendall break up? I'm trying to remember the exact timeline. It wasn't August. so long ago. August? It was relatively, like it would have made so much sense that while they were filming this, Kendall and Ben were still together. It wouldn't. It's the only reason that Chris would have asked about basketball in the first place. Yeah. So Kim then gets the notification about this article about OJ apparently, literally fucking Chris so hard that she had to go to the hospital. And Kim's kind of making a joke of the whole thing, like laughing it off. And she says the manager's name. And Chris is like, I literally have no idea who that is. Uh, later on OJ came out and said that the guy was never even his manager that they worked on one small thing together and that he totally lacked any sort of legitimacy but you know before you know all that it makes OJ look bad also like it makes it look like they're in it together <laughs> yeah. not that he needs any help looking bad but you know what I'm you know what I mean <laughs> What? There is
1: nothing funnier in the whole world than, like, you being like, you know, that really made OJ look bad. Because th- the public was so on his side before this, and then was like, oh, you fucked Kris Jenner so hard that he
0: broke her vagina. He <laughs> she had to go to the hospital. I don't know. I think this guy might be bad news. <laughs> we should stay away from him. It's Obviously not what I'm saying. I'm saying the fact that it looked like he was in cahoots with the manager and came out about the story. And I think that that's initially one of the reasons that Kim was so pissed. Like, it's like, who's this random guy? But also, OJ, you're, you're like, co-signing it kind of thing? Yeah. So she says, quote, first of all, I've never heard of him, and that never happened, that fucking piece of shit. That's what I asked Julie. Was she talking about the manager or was she talking about OJ? She's talking about the manager
1: because I think that if she was referring to OJ, it would kind of be like that fucking piece of shit for telling what happened. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I I think she knows that OJ never said that. She knows it never happened.
0: So she's in her confessional just saying how she's so kind of annoyed and frustrated by the fact that the media— is giving these rumors attention and especially on the 25th anniversary of Nicole's death and she says it's so tasteless and disgusting which i can imagine is like it, uh, almost like an unparalleled level of frustration.
1: Yeah, i mean listen, the the thing about the whole O.J. Simpson thing and obviously i have drink, like drank the Kool-Aid in this specific area but it's there's such a fascination with it that the whole case it's almost like you've removed any actuality or any people's involvement in it. And it's almost like you're watching a TV show when you talk about it. And it's like, when you talk about OJ, it's almost like you're you're talking about this movie that you love for so long and, and you keep talking about it. It was the best movie ever, so even on the 25th anniversary. And then it's like, when you have people that were so directly involved in it reminding you these were these were people and these, they were actually people affected. You take a step back and you're like, wow, the media is disgusting. But we all fall into it because there's such a level of fascination with
0: this case that's never going to go away. No, it's so true. And I think Kim, I mean, Chris does a really good job, not because she's trying to, just because it was literally her life at kind of humanizing this case. I mean, it's
1: really crazy. I always say this, but the 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 Kardashians being so intertwined with OJ and the whole fact that their career probably wouldn't have even happened without, the notoriety that they gain from that is so crazy to me. It's like you have the biggest case in the entire world that seemingly would have nothing to do with America's like quote first family,
0: and then somehow they are so connected. No, it's insane. When you think about that, it's really crazy. It's it's a different layer because we always talk about how Hollywood is so connected, but that particular connected connectedness is 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 really different. I'm trying to think of something to compare it to, and I just can't. We'll think of it as we keep going. So we're at Chris's house now, and it's Chris and Chloe. And Chloe's saying that she's going to prom with this guy who's been a big time Kardashian supporter for a lot of years. And he kind of contacted her. And she's asking Chris, she's like, Do I go in a limo? Like, I've never done this. And Chris is like, How old is he? Like, can you get him champagne? And Chloe's like, What? We're going to a high school prom. she's and, like, It's high school. And Chris is like, Oh, it's so funny. Like, Chris, you did not have kids in quote high school that long ago. Yeah. Well, I guess she really didn't because none of them. You know, they, they didn't do high school the, like, quote, normal way. Yeah, but the, she still, like, knows the ages. Yeah. <laughs> so Chloe's in her confessional, and she's just saying that she's never been to prom before and that she kind of always wondered what it was like. And, you know, this guy's Armenian, and he's been a fan for a while. Anyway, he DM'd her. He asked, and she was felt totally lucky, was so down for it, which is so funny watching celebrities and specifically the Kardashians get so excited about such normal activities. It was such a trend for a while of, like, normal people asking celebrities
1: to go to prom with them. Do you remember? Kylie did it once, too.
0: Yeah. That was a Life of Kylie plot line. I remember that. Um, And then anyway, they're talking more about, you know, OJ, and and Chris is just saying that she's so upset. And Chloe's like, do you know how many people lie? Like, do you know how many guys lie and say they fuck someone that they didn't? Like, who cares? And I guess chloe has been in that situation before, but this is just so different.
1: Yeah, I mean— I think that Chloe was just kind of trying to be like, I think Chloe was really focused on the, obviously everyone knows this isn't true. And I think she thought that's what Chris was upset about. And I think Chris was far more upset about like, Everything just being dragged up again and the whole anniversary and the memory of it and, and having to deal with all of that at once. And I think Chloe's just trying to be like the lying, like everyone lies. And and I think Chris's point of view was like trying to explain, like it's not, it's not really about that.
0: Yeah, I think that Chloe was looking at it from a public perception perspective, whereas Chris was looking at it more from like an emotional trauma perspective. Yeah. Which I have to say, isn't this the part where, where Chloe said to Chris, like, Come on, don't cry. Like, I hate when people cry. Did, did, yeah. It was so weird to me because I felt in this one particular scene, Chloe is always to me one of the most emotionally giving, caring, the person that you want there. And I felt like in this, and Isabel texted it, not that she was cold, but she definitely seemed, she reacted in a different way than I would have anticipated her to. Did you, think that resonate with you?
1: Yes, but I think what it was, was I think that instead of, you know, being like the really sweet and warm, I think that... Chloe saying, "I hate when people cry." wasn't like a reflection of her having to deal with it or not be or like being comfortable. It was more like it affects her so much to see her mom so upset that like it was like it you know. So I think that yeah, I was surprised by how she handled it, but I think also she's she's probably used to Chris crying about things and then like helping her get over. It. And I think that's also one of the other things about Chloe is that I think she's able to kind of cater to her like family's needs in those situations. And she probably knows that like when Chris is upset and crying, the best thing to do is just kind of talk her down from it rather than like feed into her emotions.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, everybody operates differently, obviously. So the next scene, they're at Chloe's house and she's getting in the limo for prom. And she says in her confessional, quote, I went to Marymount High School all of ninth grade. I really struggled there. I didn't get along with the girls. It just wasn't my cup of tea. And I struggled in my educational aspect as well. It was difficult for me. So I decided to forge my parents' name and enroll myself in a homeschool that was in Calabasas. In doing that, I did not have the typical high school experience. I did not go to prom. Okay, I'm sorry. Could you—when people—when I hear these stories, and yeah, Chloe's older than us, but not that much older than us, 10 years older. Could you imagine forging your parents' signature to get you to be able to go to homeschool—what? No. I used to forge my parents' signature a lot. to get out of a field trip. But yeah.
1: But not to get out of school. I would never have gotten away with that. How did they get—was it there just there were so many kids? It was so much easier in, like, the 80s and 90s. You could do whatever you wanted. When my parents tell
0: me stories about growing up and the th- shit that they used to do yeah. in terms of their— It's like, we could never now. Yeah, we could never now because we have cell phones and computers and, and they
1: would, like— There's there's just no physical way. It's just everything just was like, okay, your parents said it done. People, like, assume the best. Did you know this story, though? No. I didn't know it at
0: all. I I didn't know that she forged her parents' name. I I, I actually didn't even know she was homeschooled. Me neither. I had no idea. Which makes me think like, wow, just when we think we know literally everything, we don't. That's why I'll never get sick of it because I always find out new stuff. I never don't learn something new. Oh, my God.
1: You're so right. It's just I think that people's— A lot of people when they watch Kardashians, the way I feel is that— they're expecting they get annoyed that they don't learn something new in the sense that like when a big story plot line is part of the episode, it's like we already know all of this. We get
0: excited because we care more about the little details than the big plot lines. Yes. So, so so true. I wanna hear the behind the scenes of you know the kimono like I know that kimono was changed to skims, but I wanna hear that phone call from the mayor. Like I, you know, all yeah, those things. Yeah, Of course. So Chloe's in the limo and she FaceTimes Chris and Chris is like, listen, you gotta make sure you have a backup drink. So they literally stopped the limo so that she can get more champagne. And she's like, how does this kid know he's not being catfish? I'm like, I don't know, maybe there's an entire camera crew coming with you. <laughs> So I want to talk to you guys about Fabletics. If you work out a lot, or even if not, you know, gym clothes are so important. And I think that there is this kind of pressure to remain trendy and feel like you have the best stuff. And that adds up, whether it's like Lululemon or Athleta or whatever it is, it can be very expensive. And I want to tell you that it doesn't have to be. You can have trendy and affordable gym wear and it doesn't need to break the bank. So if you haven't heard about Fabletics, which I feel like most of you have, I want to tell you because it's honestly an incredible company. Basically, it's a fashion-focused activewear brand that was founded by Kate Hudson, and its mission is to empower women by making a healthy, active lifestyle accessible to everyone because of its exceptional price point. So if you want to do hot yoga, if you want to do spin, running, whatever your like thing is, they have clothes for it. And also, Fabletics is offering our listeners an incredible deal that you don't want to miss. So you can get two leggings for only $24, it's a $99 value, when you sign up to be a VIP. Just go to fabletics.com slash CBC to take advantage of this deal now. That's fabletics.com slash CBC to get two leggings for only $24. Also, free shipping on orders over $49. International shipping is also available, and there is no commitment when you purchase your first order. It's fabletics.com slash CBC. I tried this. I got these very super high waisted leggings. I like stick to black. They have so many different styles and they're constantly going in and out. So you should definitely go on because every day it's changing. But I just got kind of like a simple, very high waisted, almost compression legging. And I love them. They are amazing. I got one. I just wanted to see. I've worn them to spin. I like everything. They're really, really great and super versatile. And all you have to do is go to fabletics.com slash CBC to take advantage of this deal now. That's fabletics.com slash CBC to get two leggings for only $24. Fabletics.com slash CBC. The best part is that there's no commitment to purchase monthly and free shipping on all orders over $49. Also make sure you enter in your email address when you take the style quiz, so you'll receive exclusive discounts and the inside scoop about new collections that haven't been released yet. Go to fabletics.com slash CBC. Again, that's fabletics.com slash CBC. Terms and conditions do apply. Visit livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. That's livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. So we are now in Costa Rica and it's, fuck yes. Yeah, fuck yeah. It's Scott, Courtney, Kim, Kanye, and the kids. We really didn't see Kanye, barely. I didn't even know he was there until the last dinner scene. Yeah. So Scott's in the pool playing with Saint Rain, which she's like throwing them. Oh my God.
1: Scott and and Saint have a special connection. They do. Uncle Scott, that's- I know, but specifically with him.
0: Actually, him and—Saint Nor- and North both. He has a really special connection with them. So so Kim's in her confessional, and she's like, We're in Costa Rica. North is so excited. We brought her best friend Hayden and her family. Scott and Courtney came, and she looked at the camera, and she's like, I know, not what you think. Uh, was that a together joke or a cum joke? <laughs> <laughs> a together joke. But
1: but hey, I knew Kim wasn't funny enough to make a cum joke. <laughs>
0: If I, Chloe made it, it would have been a come joke. joke. Julie, that one line to me was so satisfying because it kind of just seconded everything I feel that Kim is our narrator in life. She's the one guiding us through everything. And Kim's then she the new Morgan Freeman. Truly. And then she looked at that camera and just said, I know, not what you guys think. And it's like, you know, we were all thinking it. So thank you for validating our feelings. That's breaking the fourth wall, by the way. Yes, for sure. Yeah. For okay. sure. We got a lot of mixed
1: feedback. I know. In our in our last one. I think, the, I think that the think conclusion we can all come to is that it's open to interpretation. Open to
0: interpretation. Ter- open to interpretation and technically probably not, but one could, yes. So Courtney's saying that the kids want to go to the beach and Kim's just trying to, you know, get her work things out of the way. And this is when she says, she's like, mom guilt is so real. And we really see it with her. And I think we really get to see her in action because, you know, she has these kids. She wants to enjoy the trip with them. She's there for North's birthday. But at the same time, she has a multimillion dollar business to run. Like, that's stressful. That's a lot. It is. The thing is, I think that with a lot of um, a lot of people that, like, you know, they get big, and then it's like, oh, I'm just going to put my name on that. Like, you see all these collabs, like, so-and-so, ex-boohoo, ex-misguided, whatever it is, yeah. these little collections. It's a lot less work than when it's your actual brand. It is your manufacturing. It's your whole thing. And you know that you're so judged for every little detail that she has to make sure every detail is perfect. I think she's also—I um, don't want to use the word control freak, but, like—
1: um, a little bit. Uh, like uh, controlling in the sense that like every little
0: detail she wants to be a part of. For sure. Which, and I get it. Especially because yeah. it's like your name. It, it's not just like you're putting your name with a brand. It's like, this is your brand. It's kind of right. like Jeffree Star. Yeah. Oh, my God, you guys. That Jeffree Star, Shane Dawson, I know as well. She's going to come on tomorrow. She has to for a little bit to talk well, about. Yeah. It. I I don't know why you're—I <laughs> didn't watch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're at prom now. And she pulls up in the limo to take Narve. And he gets in it. Wasn't it like he got in and just immediately started pouring his heart out? Yeah. Was, right? <laughs> <laughs> there was no buffer there. He got in and it was like, I had the worst high school experience. In my life. It's like when people see you.
1: <laughs> people see him on the street and she's like, I don't, they're like, I don't know you, <laughs> but I have to dump all of my problems on you before you cross the other side of the road.
0: That is
1: so funny. I there said, are multiple times where I have sat in your apartment where somebody else has come over and they've walked through the door, sat on the couch and looked at you and s- poured their heart out to you more in that one minute than I have
0: in, <laughs> in, in, in two years. It's significantly more. Spot on. And you witness witnessed it. It makes me so happy when you witness it because you know I'm not making it up. Yeah, until you fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, until I fall asleep and then Julie has to be the one. Anyway, that's what happened. We can't have people over when it's too late and I'm too high. You can barely even have me. Yeah. So, anyway, he's opening up to Chloe about his, you know, depression and, and how he had a lot of body image issues. And it really felt in this one particular scene like an episode of Revenge Body. Like it felt the way that she talks to the people that sit down on the couch. She was, she had that same look on her face. She was super understanding. Yeah. I think that also she, she obviously knew that she was there for a reason.
1: Like I think if this I think if this kid who was the super well adjusted, popular, or whatever, like had asked her to go to prom, she probably wouldn't have like considered it the same way that like a fan who she knows has
0: struggled and looks up to her and, and has been helped by her and felt like, you know, kind of yeah. And she said, he said, he was like, you have been my strength and my symbol of strength. And that's why I wanted to take you to prom. And listen, this whole plot line I could have done without in the sense that like, in comparison to the rest of the things, it wasn't the most exciting. But when you take a step back, it was kind of nice. I'm sure that it made his day, made his life, made his year. Oh my God. It's it's going to be the best thing that ever happened to him. He's going to look, he's going to like, look it back and tell his kids one day. He's going to be like, I, I took Khloe Kardashian to prom. Yeah. They get there, and you know, her and, and him are voting for prom queen and king, and everyone is freaking out that he that she's there. And the the MC is like, "Let's make some noise for Khloe Kardashian." And it brought me back to when she would do like the club appearances in yeah. Miami. Yeah, I felt like she was at Live for a second. Like I felt like Dave Grumman was it's behind us. Like, let's us. give
1: it up for Khloe Kardashian. It's just like a bunch of seventeen year olds being like, "Woo!" Yeah, but she's so familiar in that environment, far yeah. more than like Courtney. They loved her. They were, they were eating it up. Yeah. Oh my God. They're like walking up, like, Narve, you're a legend. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Narve really
0: is a legend. <laughs> she's drinking. She's a little bit drunk. Things, she said that things got a little fuzzy and she had to go, listen, you know, at first it's like, wait, why are you getting drunk for a prom? And then it's like, no, this makes so much sense. This has potential to be the most awkward experience ever. You can't ever. be
1: 34 years old at a 17 year old's prom sober. No, there's just no way. I've gone to a lot of events sober in my life that most people wouldn't have and I can honestly say that that is not one of them. No, same. Okay, take us to Costa Rica. Next scene. Uh, they're all on the boat. And remember those the pictures that Kim was uh,
0: Instagramming from when they were in Costa Rica? We finally see Say in his little face paint. <sighs> in his face paint and she has no makeup on. She looks so stunning. and re- Remember when she Instagrammed those? We were like, Holy shit, this is the best best picture we've ever seen. And then we saw the video behind it. Yeah, I don't know.
1: It was just they were so adorable and cute and they're having so much fun. They're on the boat. I didn't even see Kanye in the boat, but I assume he was there. Yeah. Um and then Courtney's like standing on the, I wanna know if you notice this too. Courtney's standing on the edge of the boat, and Scott's like, do a dive, do a dive. And the kids are like, come on, mom, like do it, do it. And she and he's like, You can do it, like just do it, whatever. But what I noticed in this, I was like, I felt like two years ago, Scott would have taken the opportunity with Courtney's last literally in his face telling her to dive to make like some sort of sexual joke or reference. He doesn't at all. Like mm-hmm. he had so much respect for Sophia and for Courtney, I think also that he'd like it's so in his personality where if like Chloe was standing there and about to dive, he would have made a joke. He would have made some sort of sexual reference. Like as even if it was like as subtle as possible or like just a little bit, that's just his personality. And he doesn't with Courtney. I didn't
0: pick up on it, but now that you say it, you're so right. And I think it's I think you're right. It's out of respect for to both of them. Yeah. But also specifically Sophia. Yeah. 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 Great point. Um, so, you know, Kim's saying that at home, everyone is shooting their ads for kimono, which every time she said it, it was like a knife in the goddamn heart because I was just thinking, oh, you are not going to be able to use any of this. Yeah, this is sad. This it is was sad. sad. I was like, no, stop, stop, stop. And she's like, you know, she's like, you know, I. it's so important that it goes well because it's people's time and money and we can't redo it. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> just wait about a month. You yeah, know? you're going to be, Ooh. yeah. yeah. So, you know, Chloe's texting Kim from the shoot and asking, like, why is my hair crimped? Why is this? And Kim's like, I signed off on everything. Please just trust my vision. Which I can understand why they got there and they were a little bit confused. Like, I felt that there was absolutely zero direction. And I I know we only saw a clip of it, but Kylie walks in, too. And they're like, okay, just, like, lay down and and talk about why you love your shapewear. Just dance with a lollipop in your mouth. And they were like, what? And it's so funny because
1: that was the point where I realized I was like, Kim is really— Aside from the disorganization of all, Kim is really there down to the tiniest little detail that she signed off on Chloe's hair being crimped. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like every single little thing was run by her. And I'm sure this was so— you know, it's almost like, thank God they couldn't use this because I think Kim had this realization of like, wow, I really have to be there for things to run smoothly. Like, I really have to be there giving my
0: direction. Otherwise, everything is, is it's impossible to get done. Yeah. The video, though, when we saw Kylie lying down in the nude bodysuit and the red cowboy boots and she's the flower, when I saw that on actual Instagram, I was like, oh, this is so great and so normal. So it was so interesting to see the behind the scenes and how kind of awkward and like off it looked, whereas in actuality, it was great. Yeah, I think those things
1: are always probably awkward when you're,
0: not when it's not the final version. How could it not be? I know, but this one specifically because it wasn't even like they had lines. It was like just like lay down, touch your body, and tell us why you love shapewear. It's like what because it like hides my cellulite. Like, like what would have been so funny is if they didn't
1: reshoot anything, but they just put a voiceover over every time they said kimono. It was like I love Skims. <laughs> yeah, that's like Benny Drama does the, does the yeah. skit. It's like the, I love the way it
0: feels on my Skims. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's so. Sometimes funny. when I walk into the house, I always put on my Skims. <laughs> That's hilarious. I said to you, like, that's my worst nightmare. Getting to a shoot and having to do what they had to do was my worst nightmare. Getting to a shoot. Getting to a shoot, period. But specifically, you're standing there in fucking shapewear, and they're like, just like, I don't know, improvise. What? You you want me to just stand here and, like, like touch myself and also talk about why I like it? It was so bizarre. Could you imagine us in that setting? No. Like, there's a lot of things I can do. That is not one of them. Yeah, no. There's just no way. Um, Anything else notable from that scene that you wanted to mention? Just Saint eating Cheetos. I wrote—I
1: I don't even remember writing this. I wrote Saint and the
0: Cheetos. Good band name also. <laughs> <laughs> Benny and the Jets are shaking. That's so funny. We—us watching Saint on the screen is really an experience. Like, yeah. every time he comes on, we grab each other. We can't even help it. I think he's the cutest thing in the entire world. No. Well, Rain gave him a run we're for almost his goddamn there. money. Are we about to be there? We're, we're there. Oh, my God. We're there. <laughs> okay. We're in Costa Rica still, and we're at dinner. And this is when we see Kanye for the first time. It's like, oh, nice of you to show up. Yeah, thanks, Kanye. Had zero idea that he was there, I swear to God. So she's like, Kim's like, you know what? I'm going to get off my phone. I'm going to pay 100% attention. And Scott's like, okay, guys, I think that we should do a peek in a pit, which I love when we do that. Yes, and I love that it was Scott's idea. I love when he adapts the family traditions. Yes. And then Rain innocently asks, can we pray? Which you could see Courtney was just beaming. Courtney has such a sense of spirituality and religion, and the fact that her kids are now emulating that and want to do it voluntarily was probably like the—it was probably like the first time I emptied the dishwasher on my own. You know what I mean? And my dad was like, is this really happening? Without being asked? Without being asked. That's exactly what this was. You want to pray before we eat? Like, I've taught you that well that you actually want to. And I feel like Kanye was kind of in the corner, like, <laughs> like this is my victory. Yeah. <laughs>
1: like, Courtney, you tried for four years with this kid. I start one church on a Sunday, and this kid wants to pray before meals. <laughs> Please. <laughs> okay, read what he said. He goes, can we pray? And then he goes, I pray that we have good dreams, and we have butterflies in it, and we don't get any bad guys, and we just get superheroes. Jesus, amen. <laughs> no.
0: No, 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 no. We How many times did we rewatch I, that? I watched it four at least. It, it was the cutest thing. And then he says, Jesus, amen. It, no, I, the, and his voice, it's like, it doesn't even,
1: please just watch that one clip or find it because me doing Rain's voice is not justice to how adorable it was, it, obviously. It was
0: also extra adorable, the fact that he sat at the head of the table. Oh my God, everything about it. And someone wrote in our Patreon, group and was like, oh my God, I think that I saw Chloe in, I mean, Courtney and Scott holding hands and for a second I was like oh my god and then I realized someone else was like yeah I think they were all just praying holding hands under the table and I was like do not fucking play with my heart like that <laughs> that's like that's like when our Judaism really comes
1: out we're like oh my god they're holding hands it's like yeah they're, they're saying, saying grace. grace
0: yeah we had no idea that that was a thing but I, I uh oh one day maybe saying grace <laughs> no Courtney and Scott got actually holding it. hands. <laughs> Um, anyway, so North, North is dancing with these, like, traditional Costa Rican dancers. They were so beautiful and lively. And I just have such an admiration for the way that these women can move their hips. It's really unbelievable. Don't you think? Yeah, I just think it's also adorable that, like, North will not pass up an
1: opportunity to, like, perform. Or be the center of attention. Yeah, it's it's really unbelievable because she is so
0: shy, too, at the same time. Yeah, she goes from, like, the first five minutes of Jojo Siwa's house to, like, taking over these Costa Rican right. dancers' spot. It's very interesting. Every single time I find out that we're doing an ad for them, I freak out because of how much I love this company. So we're talking about The RealReal. Real. Basically, The real real is the leading reseller of authenticated luxury consignment. So they have top designers. So Louis, Gucci, Rolex, Cartier, hundreds more, and up to 90% off retail. The thing is you can shop, but you also can consign yourself. And it's women's and men's luxury fashion, and also fine jewelry, watches, art, home, all of that. I have gotten so many things here because a lot of the time you're looking for a specific bag and they just don't have it anymore and it's out. It's not in the department stores and you want to get it, but you want to make sure that it's coming from a source that you know, it's real, you know, the quality is good and you know that what's going to come to your door is actually what you ordered. And the thing is with them is that it's a hundred percent expert authenticated. So you really can have full confidence knowing that what you're going to order and what you're going to spend money on is going to be good and right and exactly what you think it is. You can shop online or you can visit one of their original stores in Soho or West Hollywood. And they actually have a brand new location in Manhattan at 870 Madison Avenue. In-store new customers receive an automatic $25 at checkout. Also, if you are consigning, do not forget to try out the RealReal's white glove service for free in-home pickup today, which is a total game changer. They come, they pick it up for you. It makes life so easy. So shop in-store, online, or download the app and get 20% off select items with the promo code REAL. That's therealreal.com promo code REAL for 20% off select items. Okay, we are back in the U.S. and we are at another kimono shoot where it's Chris, Kyle Richards, and Lisa Rinna. Remember, they're going on this whole infomercial vibe. That was initially Kim's idea. So, Julie writes, I'm literally not even a Housewives fan, but holy shit, what a goddamn trio. Truly. What a goddamn trio. I want them to do more things together. You know, they do, but I don't think it's as aired as much. If I were them, I would video—I would film that stuff all the time. Like, like I want the—I want them. Oh, my God. Tell me. Is it a fantasy?
1: It's a fantasy. Tell me. A Kim, Lisa, and Chris YouTube
0: channel. You mean a Kyle, Lisa? Kyle. Oh, my God. The possibilities— Oh my God! That would it would be, be so funny
1: because they're just Derek so Klausberg, great. Un- if you're listening. you gotta get on that. So great, just like unhinged. Like, that was the magic behind it, is that they can just fuck
0: around, and they're just an amazing—they have an amazing chemistry between the three of them. Yeah, and the whole thing is that I think both of them—first off, Lisa Rinna is known for being fully shameless when it comes to promoting. And it wasn't like they were getting paid for this. They were genuinely just doing Kim a favor, and they were happy to do it. But Lisa has this personality where she's down for anything. It's in her—she says, she's like, I'm a hustler. Like, I will do whatever. And I think that's one of the reasons that she's been so successful, because she never has this air of, like, superiority. Right. She's very much like, I'm humble. I'm doing it. I I love it. I love to entertain. So, Kim, they can't get a hold of Kim. They're like, fuck it, let's just do what we want to do. So, Kim is, Chris is sitting there and she's kind of the one leading it. And they have these models wearing the shapewear. And Chris is like, you're not going to see any roles here. The only roles you're going to see is parked in my garage. I lost it. And Lisa lost it. Lisa really lost it. I lost it too. And Lisa stands up in this leopard dress and she just rips it off and she's just showing off her kimono and she's dancing in the shapewear. I mean, it was, it was. It was so classic. It was amazing. It was so amazing. And they're like, "Oh, our daughters are gonna kill us." And, she okay. and
1: Chris <laughs> is like, "My daughter is
0: definitely gonna kill me." Yeah, <laughs> it, it was so good. I mean, they really have. Chris has an, a profound ability to improvise, which is so interesting that her talk show didn't didn't hit. Not that I'm shocked by it, but I co- totally could have seen it if it did hit. Talk shows are a hard thing to get. Uh, they really are, especially daytime
1: daytime on television you have to have the right audience the issue is is that think about the democrat demographic that watches daytime talk shows it's all women over 40 everyone who loves chris jenner is because you love her because you're watching kardashians and you miss that everyone who would want to
0: watch that is in school it's so true or at work or doesn't own a television <laughs> right yeah um okay so next scene it's kim scott and mj in the car and they're driving through, and, and Scott's saying, "You know, Chris was really the, the pioneer of making this neighborhood what it was." And Chris is like, "1996, nobody wanted to live here, but now we put it on the map." And Julie turns to me, she's like, "Don't we always say that? We always say it. We always say they put Kyle Bass on the map." It's so funny to hear her say it though, because we've literally said that quote on this podcast a million times. Scott's like, Scott literally says he was like, "No one even knew. No one even knew where it was." And then it's dead silent, and they're just driving. And Chris, keep in mind she's wearing all black and her black glasses, and she just looks out the window and she very casually says, I sue the Daily Mail today. I loved that. Like as if I also want that as art. Another day, another lawsuit. Yeah. I sue the Daily Mail today is what we need as art. That is that was Fuck. We should do a collection <laughs> of the ones. Oh my Some God. Fuck approaches. let's talk after. So Scott's like, Oh, you did? He's like, Listen, can we tell MJ what the story is? And Chris is like, no, no, no. And then she's like, you know what? You can, but I'm not. And MJ's like, why? I can get on Daily Mail. And Scott says to MJ, he's like, okay, listen. The allegation is that OJ had relations with Chris so hard that she had to go to the hospital after. And MJ's like, oh, that is ridiculous. Like, she, yeah, MJ's like, oh, please. Whereas, like, translation, he said he fucked her so hard he broke her. And he's like, she, he had relations. It was. I so, love when Scott MJ's it down. He had MJ it down. It was so great. Um, And Chris is just bringing up the, you know, OJ-Chloe rumors, which I love when they mention things that are so prevalent, even if they're so ridiculous. Like the fact that she acknowledged it and said it out loud. She's like, you know, it's the same thing with the OJ-Chloe rumors. And she's like, it's so stupid. It's like enough is enough. And she says in her confessional, she's like, I think it's really unfair to Nicole's family and to my family to have these stupid rumors flying around out here. My team has decided to take legal action because I decided once and for all to do something about it. I was so happy to hear her say that. Me too.
1: I mean, I listen, I think that being one of the hardest positions that you're put in as a celebrity is whether or not to react to like, news and, and false rumors about you. Because on one hand, it's like if you sue, it's almost like you're saying that it's correct and you're suing because you want to stop the story rather than I'm suing for defamation because I just can't deal with these rumors being out there anymore and I don't want to deal with it. So I think that celebrities, especially the Kardashians, have a really hard time picking and choosing what to react to. I
0: agree with you. And I think that the added layer here that was like probably the straw that broke the camel's back was it's like, okay, not only am I annoyed, is enough enough, is this completely false? But in the process, you're also totally not doing her memory justice. And that's where I have a real problem. That was probably the tipping point. It's like, say whatever you want about me, but in the process, don't drag my best friend and like one of the most magnetic humans I've ever known along with it, which I so get. It was almost like suing them in a weird way was almost like a, a nod to Nicole. Like I yeah. got you. Okay, so next scene they're at Kim's house, and you know Chris. Kim's obviously in her closet slash fitting room. I don't even know what that is. I gotta see that.
1: Yeah, it's it's a closet
0: for her and like a house for the average person. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's way bigger than my apartment. <laughs> yeah, I have an Alco Studio apartment, eight hundred square feet. That that hands down easily two thousand square feet. The closet, yeah, oh, for sure. You know, they just
1: bought the piece of land across the street from them for they're three gonna, million. No, I think it's more than that. They're building it, or maybe it's three Are million. You about the Hidden Hills home with the ranch, yeah, so? yeah, three million. It's like they're going to build it into the craziest con- that house is already a compound. They're going to probably, I don't know what they're
0: doing. They're going to have horse stables and all of these things. It's a lot. Anyway, so you know, Chris is telling Kim about the shoot and how it was such a hot mess because no one was there. And Chris is saying that, you know, she understands Kim wanting to go away, but that there has to be someone running the show. She's like, Emma wasn't there. Emma is Emma Greed. She's also um, the co-founder of Good American with Chloe. And Tracy, the publicist, wasn't there. And, you know, Kim's saying that it's really hard to have a break and that once she does, no one lets her have it. And she says, it's really hard to figure out work life and mom life, especially with four kids. And I'm at a point in my life where this will be a constant struggle and a challenge. At the end of the day, if the kids had a good time, that's what matters. And Chris goes, don't you get why I'm scared to death to go on vacation? And Kim's
1: like, okay, now you're just like blatantly lying. She's like, you're not scared to death to go on vacation. We go on vacation all the time. Yeah. Chris literally spent the summer on Tommy Hilfiger's yacht. Chris
0: is not afraid of vacation. But I, ca- I can imagine there is It's some anxiety-provoking. It's anxiety-inducing for sure. Yeah. Why do you think I decided to say inducing and you decided to say provoking? They're both accurate. I just wonder— because one of us said the other, so we had to use a different word. Oh, do you, but I think I typically say inducing. Do, you say, do you, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. We'll talk. We'll talk, with we'll at talk a little later. We'll date. Talk after, I guess. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next scene. We're at Corny's house, and they have a bunch of friends over for dinner. And she's saying that, you know, for her birthday, she basically made a list of all the things that she wants to do. It was the most typical Corny thing ever. It's like she has this real, like, renaissance man inside of her. She's like, I wanted to learn how to play piano and to cook and all these things. So they're doing this cooking lesson, which, by the way, isn't it so off-brand that Corny doesn't cook? No. No. You don't think so? She's the biggest health guru. She's the one that preaches about knowing exactly what puts into your food. The fact that she yeah, doesn't I think cook. she
1: wants to watch and control what other people are putting into the food for her to eat.
0: I think she wants. She would cook though, even if she hated it and was lazy, whatever, solely because she wants Penelope and Mason and whatever to learn. Like to me, that was just very surprising. I think I knew it. They've said it before, but I just would expect. I've her to- never.
1: I, they always talk about the others like cooking something, like Kim will say, made pancakes, like all these things. Like the like Courtney K- does it occasionally, but she doesn't know how to like cook. I think she's talking about like cooking, not just like making breakfast.
0: Yeah. So Mason comes down and he's sitting at the table with all of them and he's in a robe. And I said to Julie, I was like, oh God, Mason's growing up and I really don't like it. Yeah. You're having a hard time with that transition. It's because he's the first one of the kids where I'm realizing like, they're not just these little kids forever. You know, they're actually going to grow into teenagers and then adults. And I just, I, I think he will be totally fine, but it is a little scary for him to make that transition from like, oh, you're just this cute kid to like, wait a second, my entire life is filmed and and- you know what I mean? Like, his actions carry more weight now, in a way. Yeah. But I think he's, i think he's um, like, well-adjusted in that sense. Like, I think
1: they do a really good job of um, having k- the kids understand, like, the, the position they're in, but also, like, trying to keep them humble. I think we always talk about this. I think that those kids come across, especially Mason as he's getting older. Like, to me, he doesn't come across as that hes he knows he's, quote, part of the Kardashian family.
0: Yeah, no, I think that they're really humble. That's not what I'm saying. I just, it's, you know, it's like, you're, unfortunately, everything that they do is so judged. And when you're a child, hopefully, and not because our world is so fucked up, but at least to an extent, you have some sort of protection over that. Like, no one is going to judge a child as intensely. Right. Or they should not. People do, unfortunately. As you get older, people think that it's more fair game. And I'm just afraid because he's never had any sort of, like, backlash. And that's, I guess that's where my mind went, you know? He's young still. I know He'll time. I know we have time. Yeah. I he'll, we
1: have time. He'll, uh, he'll be okay. I have, I have a good feeling about him. You know what's funny about Mason, though? I feel like I feel like it's kind of similar to how uh, North is so, like, loves saying Kim Kardashian because she knows how much weight it carries. And it's not as much for her to, like, she knows Kanye and she understands it because she can tangibly. But now she's really understanding, like, Kim is, like, the powerhouse of the family. And she's like, I feel like with with Mason, he's so proud to be Scott's son. I so That agree. if somebody said to him, like, oh, you're part of Kardashian," he'd be like, no, I'm a dissek.
0: Yeah, that's such a good point. I think he is so proud to be Scott's child and his firstborn and his best friend and all those things. Yeah. So, and Chloe says to him, she's like, You look like Hugh Hefner because he's in the robe. And the flower, a production assistant comes in and hands Chloe flowers, which first split second. I don't know why I thought this. I thought they were from Tristan. No. I was like, I oh never God. thought that. I, was like, I knew sent like, those. Get out. Those were so Narve style. <laughs> they were not <laughs> Tristan style. Tristan was way too flashy with his flowers. That's true. They're from the kid that she went to prom with. And obviously she was happy. And he's, she's explaining to Mason that she went to prom. And Mason's like, I'm out. And, she, and he gets up and walks away. And she's like, No, 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 I'm not dating him. He's just a 17 year old boy. Look at the next bullet. <laughs> Julie writes, Who wants to tell Mason about his dad's girlfriend? (laughs) Do you think he has any concept
1: of Sophia's age? Well, he clearly understands age in the sense that, like, he thinks it would be weird for Chloe to date a 17 year old. So he's got to have some idea about his dad dating a 21 year old.
0: Right. So interesting. I wonder. I don't know. Okay, so no surprise here, but we are telling you guys about Third Love. We've talked about them so much because they are genuinely one of our favorite companies. Basically, the way it works is that Third Love uses data points generated by millions of women who have taken their FitFinder quiz. Basically, they use that information to design bras with breast size and shape in mind for a perfect fit and premium feel. They have more sizes than other brands. They have insane convenience. Like, I do not wear bras. It's a thing. I've talked about it at length. And when I have to, this is the only bra I wear. And Julie can attest, like, she's wearing it as we speak. I'm literally looking at her and she's wearing it because it is the most comfortable bra. So the FitFinder quiz, the way it works, is you go on and you just answer a few simple questions to find your perfect fit in 60 seconds. First of all, over 14 million women have taken it. It's fun. You're just, like filling out questions about your boobs is like very fun actually Um, and they have a perfect fit promise so every customer has 60 days to wear it wash it and put it to the test and if you don't love it you can return it and third love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need which I really love that about them they also have this team of fit stylists that are dedicated to helping you find your perfect fit they're available you know every day and they can talk via text chat or phone they make the returns super easy, super free. And I also really love their underwear, by the way. I got like a couple of thongs that were amazing. So Third Love knows that there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com celebs now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash celebs for 15% off today. Okay. Next scene. This is, a, this is a you scene. This is a me scene. Tell us. So
1: Chris and Faye Resnick, of course, are at lunch, and they're talking about how where they're eating lunch, it's so difficult for them because they have so many memories and so, like, they can just picture Nicole there so vividly and having all of these meals with her at this one location. And, and Faye says, you know, literally the last time I was here— was with Nicole, and Chris kind of has this memory where she's like, yeah, you know, I, we sat right over there. She ordered the white fish with the spinach and the roasted potatoes, and I believe she had a margarita. And they're just kind of talking, and the waiter comes over and hands them the menu and says— um, it's actually the 30th anniversary of the restaurant this week so we have the exact same menus that we had 30 years ago and they just kind of have this moment of like what like what a sign like we are sitting here eating the same we're gonna sit here and eat the same meal that we would have had with Nicole because the menu is exactly the same as it would have been when we sat here and ate with Nicole it was a it was a mind fuck so they're 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 kind of just going through and talking about it and they're kind of saying like no one else can understand this position we're in like no one else can understand what it feels like to to be in the middle of all of this and to, you know, miss Nicole the way they do and and know Nicole the way they did and and no one else can really grasp that. And Chris is saying in her confessional that she's she's so latched onto the legal aspect of the whole case and hasn't dealt with the emotional and the reason that she does that is because, like, it's easy to block it out when she's so fixated on being mad, being mad, like being illegal. And then it cuts back to her and, and Faye. And she's like, she says, she's like, I'm so mad about it that like, it's, it's so much easier for me to be mad and angry than it is for me to like actually deal with the emotions behind what happened. Yeah. Which
0: is so common.
1: Yeah. Especially in a case like this where you have something to be mad about. Like, it's not like in a lot of cases, I think where people die, it's like, you can be mad about the fact that it happened, but it's, you can only be mad about it for so long When you have something where somebody was murdered, it's like you never, there's no reason to ever let go of that anger because you can point it at
0: one specific person. Well, that's the thing. And it's also, it's not like she was murdered and they didn't know who did it. Because then you just have this lingering sense of anger and and hatred, but not for anyone in specific Well, especially because there was no justice in the case. Yeah. So it's it's like trifold because it's like, first off, you know who did it. Second of all, you know for a fact that they're walking, like you see the injustice. And then third of all, this added layer that your fucking ex-husband is the one that got him off. Like yeah. that—that's that probably really
1: fucked with her. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Could of you course. imagine? It, it, it really thinking about that case and thinking about the role the Kardashians played, and then it, it's really it's mind-boggling to me. I mean, to have them talk about walking into the courtroom, and Chris is sitting on Nicole's side, and their dad is sitting on OJ's side, and it's like. It's not even so cut and dry where it's like this somebody stole money or somebody did this way. It's like, my dad is supporting somebody that's accused. my dad's supporting his best friend who's accused of killing our mom's best friend. like what what do we do? And it's just like the, and especially the historical context of this family and and this the case and the fact the fact that they're so
0: intertwined is so it's still it's crazy to me. I've, I know we talk about it all the time. It, it never gets less crazy to me.
1: I think that people don't understand, like, how, what are the chances that that would have happened? Like, I always say, and there's a scene where uh, Kim's talking about OJ and she's talking about Jonathan, whatever. But I always say, like, how weird must it have been truly for OJ to come out of prison and, and Robert Kardashian's kids are the biggest family in America? Like, he went to prison being the most, like, obviously it wasn't from the same thing, but when he went, he went to prison being the most famous person in that circle, And then all of a sudden he gets out, and it's Rob Kardashian's kids that have now
0: become this mega powerhouse. Yeah, and we do see that in a later scene. It it is it is mind blowing, really, truly. And hearing Kim, I guess it's it just carries a little bit of a different weight when you hear her talk about it with someone like Faye, who is also there.
1: Yeah, you know, yeah, it's um. Almost like like it almost seems like it's a fake storyline. Like, it almost seems like it's, like, a really dramatic Nicholas Sparks book or something like that, where they, like, have this huge plot line, and they're also dealing with it
0: while also being, like, the most famous family. You know what I mean? Yeah, it I almost know. seems fake. I know. So, the next scene, they're at the final shoot for Kimono, and Kim's, you know, taking all the pictures of the shapewear, and Chloe brings P to surprise her, which she is so cute and oh elegant and such a little—she's exactly the, the— She's just sweet. She's just a sweetheart. And— Kim says, "Like later, we're gonna announce the name Kimono." I'm so excited, and I literally got the chills. Yeah, it was I like, was oh, waiting don't for something to come on the screen and be like, to be like revived. Like I, w- I was just like, "Oh God, don't, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it." Like uh, it was, it's like the secondhand cringe and embarrassment and like just anxiety that you're feeling watching that is so prevalent. Yeah, it's oh my god, it, it, I was cringing the she whole is episode. such a smart calculated, intelligent businesswoman with such a killer team around her. How the literal fuck did that happen? And a diverse team. And a diverse team, yeah. It's I, not all white women. And it's not like, the thing with Kim
1: that I really feel is that I feel like her team, they don't just yes her. Like, I feel like the, the reason that she is so successful is because she has people genuinely giving her important feedback. And this was just one of those cases how did it get past so many people? It's not even like, because the thing is with Kim, I feel like, is if somebody had said to her, like, you know, before we do all this, you should really consider the fact that like this name could be potentially offensive, which it's like, to me, how did that never come up? But I feel like with Kim, she's such a smart businesswoman that she would have been like, okay, let's just pick a different name. It's the name. It's the easiest thing to come up with. You know what I mean? It's not worth it. It's not worth it to potentially have to reshoot every single commercial, redo every single label and every single piece of clothing, like to deal with the, the backlash and the, the fact that the company may not make any money now because people are so angry about the, the scandal in the first place, like, it, it's not worth it. I, it just genuinely
0: somehow got, got by everyone. It happens, I guess. I mean, let me tell you something. Julie and I posted, this is so much less severe, but Julie and I posted a Instagram this morning of Chrissy Teigen, and it was a headline like, uh, CEO, McDonald's, like, CEO she steps down, whatever. And I, I cropped it because I wanted to make it fit more, and I cut out like some of the unnecessary stuff at the top, and I fully cut out the top line. I saw it, didn't say a word. Julie saw it, didn't say a word. We both approved it. We both looked at it for a solid five minutes to decide our caption. Did not realize until we posted it, and 25 minutes later, someone commented and was like, oh, they cut out the first line in the article. And then I looked, and was like, oh, shit, no, I did it. And I was like, Julie, can you believe I just did that? Like, it didn't even, and I know that's so stupid, but it's it's so much smaller scale, but it kind of goes to show. Like, we were looking at that for five minutes. I think sometimes your brain just sees what it wants to see. Yeah, it's true, it happens. Um. Anyway, oh, my God, I fucking love this scene. Okay, we're, we're at the end, love. basically. This is, like, one of my favorite scenes ever. Me, too. So it was Kim, Chloe, and Scott at lunch. I cannot remember the name of the place, but they go there all, all the, the time. time. I thought for a second that it was Casa, whatever, but it's not. It's not. It's the Mexican place. Yeah. Is it Casa Vega? Or- no, it's no, not Casa okay. Vega. So Scott's saying, he's like, Kanye had the best night ever at my house the other night. He he wouldn't leave. He was just chilling, which anytime someone's saying that Kanye had a good time, it makes me happy because I imagine what he's like in that setting, Yeah, you know? And Scott's saying that him and Penelope and Kylie were all in the hot tub. And she said to Penelope, listen, I've always loved you, but now's the time to really start bonding with me. And Penelope's like, I love you, but why? And she he says that Kylie looks at her he's like, trust me, Kylie Cosmetics, it could be yours one day. And P looks at her and goes, yeah, Push Cosmetics does have a better ring lost my mind I have like 93 different things to say about that one
1: quote yeah. slash thing first of all I want you to picture the fact that the dynamic was because keep in mind that Kim and Chloe are hearing about this for the first time so neither of them are there so the people that went to Scott's house at midnight to hang out in the hot tub were Scott Kylie Kanye and Penelope that was the crew that just shows how close this family is that you can throw any random mixture of those people in. It's like, when I think about the family and, and the dynamics and who they hang, like Scott can hang out with anyone because he's really like such a brother in that sense. And it's like, it doesn't matter who he's thrown with. But to me, I never picture like Scott, Kanye, and Kylie hanging out just them.
0: them. Yeah, I would never have thought that. It's so true. And also the fact that like the kids are so, like I think the thing about the Kardashian kids is that Obviously, everybody loves their children, but I think they genuinely like their kids. Like, I think they enjoy spending time with them yeah. as like people. Like, I think as they, the ones that are older and they, their personalities, I think they enjoy their personalities. I do too. You know, like I was thinking that when Penelope was um, at the Kim at the kimono shooter when she was at dinner, it's like I think that they feel like, wow, she's like my little, she's like a little lady. You know what I mean? It's just so funny. I mean that Kylie's also like fucking with
1: Penelope as if she doesn't have Stormy to give the whole company I was to. About to say that, I was about to- like poor Penelope, thinking that she's
0: gonna <laughs> she's gonna inherit Kylie Cosmetics instead of Poosh. I know know, and, and and the fact that she is such a low, she's like, I don't know, poosh kind of sounds, it's like, just wait a second. <laughs> so they're talking about it and they're just laughing. And then Kim says, so Jonathan had an OJ sighting. He was eating at Prime 111 and Miles goes, OJ's in the private room over there and he would like to meet you. And Scott's like, that's the kind of shit that's like, how does that even happen? The question that I posed to Julie last night was, was Scott saying, how does that even happen? And like, are you sure that that's what happened or is Jonathan totally full of shit? Or... Was he saying, how does it happen that they're there at the same time? Or was he saying, how does it happen that OJ has a private room at at Prime 112? So let me expand on
1: what you mean by saying, like, is OJ is is uh Jonathan full of shit? M M's basic uh thought process there was like Was Scott saying that, like, there's no way that O.J. Simpson knew who Jonathan Chabon was? Like, is Jonathan lying about O.J. recognizing him? And I was like, I don't think that's what it is. I think Scott's referring to the fact, like, how is O.J. Simpson allowed to sit in a private room in Prime 111 and request whoever he wants to come through and just hang out with his crew? Mm -hmm. That's what I thought. I thought Scott was more in, like, disbelief in the fact that O.J. Simpson's allowed to just be out in public. And, like, not just be out in public and not just do things. Like, it it was kind of similarly— the same feeling of, like, hearing about Harvey Weinstein being at the, the actor's night. It's like, why are
0: you allowed to do these things? Yeah. Also, it's Prime 112, just for anyone. Oh, listening. Prime 112. Yeah, I think we both—I don't know why we said that. I don't know what we were thinking of that made us There is 11. a Prime 111. I don't know why we were thinking that, but it's Prime One Twelve. Oh. Anyway. There's a Prime 111 in my town. Oh, that's, that's why. why. That's why, yeah. One short. <laughs> One short. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyway, have I ever been to 112, though, in Miami? No, I haven't been. It's, like, very delicious. Yeah. Like, it is very much worth the hype, and I hate Miami. It's way too teeny for me. But anyway, yeah, all of those things considered, I don't know. I guess what I was hoping for, to be honest, which I totally agree. Of course, OJ should not get a private room there. I guess what I was hoping for was, like, someone to finally call out this Jonathan thing, but I, maybe he didn't. I don't yeah, know. No We're one's never going gonna to. see do He's too close. We're never we going to see We haven't seen it. somebody call out Jonathan since Chris Humphreys was around. It's true. Um, so Kim goes— Kim saying so, he goes. I know you're friends with the girls. Please tell them I say hi. I'm so proud of them. I see every single thing that's going on. And Chris, Kim said that OJ wanted to take a picture with Jonathan, and Jonathan sent her all the pictures. And I'm just like, this is a mind fuck, right? Like Jonathan Cheban is sitting at Prime 112 with OJ Simpson taking pictures to send to Chloe and Kim to show them how proud OJ is of them. What? It's really twisted. It's
1: very twisted. It's funny because I always talk about the Dave Chappelle stand-up where he goes through all the times that he met OJ and says that thing at the end where he's like, yeah, he did it. But there's also one story that he tells where he is sitting in a restaurant with his agent. And it's like him and like a bunch of white people. And OJ Simpson walks in and it was right after the... the, um, the 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 trial and uh Dave Chappelle like goes up to him and like shakes his hand, says hi to him, whatever, and sits back down and, and the woman says to him, like his agent's like, How do you shake a murderer's hand? And Dave <laughs> Chappelle goes, Uh, no offense, but that murderer ran for blah of blah yards and like whatever. And it was <laughs> so funny. It like reminded me of that that like that Jonathan Chavon walked into the back room of Prime 112 and was like it was like it was like, it was like um, Yeah, sure I'll take a picture with you. OJ, no problem. Let me send it to Kim and all the girls. Like it's a... I feel like people genuinely see OJ and, like, remove him from the situation, it's, which is mind-boggling is to me. It is so
0: crazy. He really must be that. Like, like
1: Jonathan was so happy that someone called him Kim's friend that he was like, I'll take a picture with any murderer. <laughs> Bring Charles Manson in here. Give me Ted Bundy. I'll take a picture with all of
0: them. <laughs> yeah, like, it's so true that, that that somehow always gets lost in the narrative because he, one, because of his celebrity, and two, because I guess he has this charm about him. But it's like, this man is a murderer. Like, double murderer. Do- like, what? double homicide. Oof. I don't know. It's a lot. Anyway, then they're in the confessional, and it's Chloe and Chris. And Chloe's saying, yeah, you know, I guess OJ's kind of popping up everywhere. And and Chris is saying that she feels really grateful that he kind of came out and told the truth and said that that was a total lie and that he didn't, you know, know the manager or any of that bullshit. And I think Chris felt very kind of validated in that. Yeah. Um, and it ends with the flashes of the article saying, like— Kim Kardashian accused of cultural appropriation for kimono, you know, all that stuff, which we'll see next week, which I cannot wait to watch that on Twitter. To be
1: continued, dot, dot, dot. I love a good to be continued,
0: dot, dot, dot. Yeah.
1: Haven't loved a to be continued, dot,
0: dot, dot, this much since Jordan Gate, babe. Yep. Anyway, that is all. Um, we will see you guys tomorrow for our regular episode. And then next week, we're back again. We have a lot of bonus stuff happening this week. And just remember, if you feel so inclined to leave a review, we'd really appreciate it. It helps us exponentially. And that's all. See you guys next week. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. like. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide.